Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. I truly believe at some point in our lives, we suffer from this, we do this, and it's something that holds us back from moving our lives forward. I'm going to say the word, and right away, you're going to know what I'm talking about, and then you're going to say, hmm, yeah, I remember I'm, I did that or I'm doing that. It's procrastination. We just put things off for whatever reason. We're going to dig into those reasons and give you some practical advice on getting it done and not procrastinating. I'm not going to procrastinate anymore. I'm going to bring her on here. She is a associate certified coach, energy index leader, master practitioner, and she's an amazing, an amazing life coach that changes your mindset, changes your energy and, and changes your life. And she's back with us. Gina Bartosik is on the program. Welcome. How are you? Steve, I'm good. It's nice to be back. Yeah, you too. And and I, I think we should reveal that uh, you suffered a little bit of procrastination before we even got on the air here today, didn't you? Um, I actually didn't. I think it was someone in the admin office. Oh. So, yeah, they, they procrastinated our show a couple hours today. Ah, okay. So I get it. So we didn't, we didn't get the, we didn't get the, uh, the go ahead, the, the update or any of that, uh, apparently because maybe they were procrastinating. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But it was pretty ironic. So <laughs> once I found out it was bumped, uh, back a couple hours, I just kind of started laughing. Yeah. How, how funny that we're talking about procrastination. Now, my first, my first thought for all of this is we procrastinate, many of us procrastinate because we have fear. Would I be right in thinking that? Um, you know, that's the emotion. So let, let's look at it. What is procrastination? On the surface, it's putting something off. What's the big deal, right? Maybe it's a big deal, maybe it's not. However, dig a little deeper. Procrastination is actually a coping mechanism. Hmm. The procrastination is the behavior to avoid the feeling you don't want. So if you don't like fear of whatever it is you want to do or the anxiety or whatever the emotion is underneath it, what's an immediate relief? Let's not do it. Wow. So it's the task that's not, like the task isn't what you're avoiding. It's the emotion that's being avoided. So when we dig into this a little bit deeper, at the end of the day, it's an emotion regulation issue. Interesting. Okay. So that's your that's how you're coping with it. Um, hmm. Because I, I always have heard that fear is the number one thing that holds us back. Fear of failure. Maybe somebody's procrastinating on opening a business. Fear of... Uh, not being accepted, so you don't take the next step in your job. Um, how do we get past all of that when we have that that feeling of procrastination? We know we're doing it usually, right? Yeah, um, for whatever reason, yeah. And there there is a difference. Some people put things off for legit reasons, so we're not even going to touch that. Like if you don't have enough information, and I'm not going to say mm-hmm. perfectionism will go, oh, I'm not ready, I don't have enough information, we're not going to, it's legitly, I don't have enough to do this. Um, we're not going to worry about that. But for the perfectionists that aren't moving or just the downright procrastinators that have those emotions, the fear, um, whether not good enough, the failure, even fear of success 
can stop people. Um, so moving past it, really there's a lot of different ways. So it's interesting all the different theories out there. Um, I've got my own sets that I've always worked with. But then recently I was introduced to um, what's called a dopamine theory um, that Dr. Huberman with Stanford University um, has researched and come up with, which was very interesting as well. So hopefully we'll get to touch on that a little bit. But as far as like how I generally work with my clients is addressing the situations that are coming up and the feelings that are coming up. And with that, we've got to get past the pros, right? Because why do we keep doing it? It's the immediate relief of that feeling we don't want. And so with that immediate relief, it becomes difficult to really move past it. And even though it has these long-term effects, if someone's not currently experiencing these effects of the higher stress rates and the anxiety and the broken down immune system and all that sort of stuff, it's not enough to make them want to change. So a lot of things I like to bring into play, one, getting to the root of it, um, is really something that if you're familiar with DBT at all, dialectical behavior therapy, they have emotional regulation skills. One of my favorite is opposite action. Okay, so essentially there's this feeling or emotion that causes us to make a decision, right? So let's take some simple ones. First, it tells us to hydrate makes us drink something, right, water. Uh, if you're hungry, you feel hungry, so you need fuel, so you go eat. If you feel fatigued and tired, your body's telling you you need rest, so generally we'll go rest, right? That's easy stuff. However, what happens when we feel those undesirable emotions? The shame, the fear, the guilt even maybe anger around doing something. Um, what do we do then? And opposite action can really come into play there. Um, you know, shame, if you're dealing with that shame, instead of hiding and going into isolation, you know, like make eye contact with yourself and others. Stand up straight. Like, Present yourself with confidence and get things done. If you're playing in guilt, guilt, to some extent, guilt can trigger people to move, though it's not sustainable long-term. So with guilt and shame, there has been really some great outcomes in getting past procrastination with offering yourself forgiveness and compassion, okay? Understanding, all right? This is uncomfortable. Right? I don't want to do this for whatever reason, but you're not the first person to procrastinate and put something off, and you're not going to be the last. It's okay, so where do we start? And that can offer a little bit of movement, even taking a different mindset, okay? I don't want to clean the house. It's going to turn around and get dirty again. So what am I going to do? I'm going to procrastinate it. What's that going to do for me? It's going to make me irritated because the house is dirty. I don't want to live in a dirty house. Um, different reasons. However, how can I look at it differently? 
what would I enjoy? I would enjoy it being nice. I would enjoy it being clean and things put away where they belong. Um, Taking that mindset shift to what would give you pleasure in this. So looking at it as a whole, break it down. And as a positive. Yes. Hmm. So let's take, let's take that example, cleaning the house. Well, I don't want to do it. I just put it off because you know, it's going to get messy again. So the pluses would be, but if I clean it, I'm going to feel really good. Like I accomplished something. I got people coming over. I'm going to be proud of where I live because it's clean. Um, is that, is that where we're going? Where we look at it, we reframe it so it looks more of a, a positive and we don't procrastinate? Definitely. The reframe is great terminology there. Um, and it does. And even if you're somebody who struggles with low self-esteem and confidence, that feel-good and accomplishment makes you happier, more proud of yourself. It's a feeling of pride that you're taking in something. So you push those feelings that you struggle with away. So taking that reframe, putting the positive stuff in it, creates that movement. Um, and, you know, in the how Dr. Huberman talks about it in his kind of dopamine theory is a lot of times we get stuck in this reward prediction airspace. And what that is is essentially thinking about it too much. So here we go into that thought, emotion, behavior situation that I talk about so much is we start thinking about what we want to do. How long is it going to take us? How horrible is it going to be? And usually our prediction is inaccurate. We make it bigger than what it's actually going to be. We get ourselves all worked up to the point we push it off. And the longer we think it's going to take and the more difficult we believe it's going to be, the less likely we may do it. I never thought of all these things holding us back and and creating the procrastination. And it's interesting when we take a moment to look at our lives at this point in time and what we're procrastinating on. It's uh, kind of profound. because I, can, I, can it go, is. I got a list for you. <laughs> you got a list. Okay. Well, maybe off air we can work on that list, but like here's some stats that are just kind of fun. I um, came across. So as we know, high schoolers, college students, they're known for procrastinating and, like, some of them very much take pride in it. I have a couple in college, and my youngest son, he takes pride in a procrastinating. You know, he's like, it works for me. And honestly, 80 to 95% um, in college and universities, procrastination is not uncommon. Now, what happens in adults, this is kind of surprising to me, 15 to 25% are considered chronic procrastinators. That's kind of alarming that so many adults are procrastinating at that level. And when you look at that, you know, this impacts our health, like I already said, but then even not being able to reach our goals. They more than likely are poor performers, not only at work, but outside of work. Um, Often it affects how much money they make 
they see less advancement in their careers. They don't normally stay at their jobs as long. And overall, they just don't live a fulfilling life. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of passion for life and interest, and I want to live the most fulfilling life I possibly can. I think everybody deserves that. Sure. When you say that we have these major bouts of procrastination, do you mean all of us? Or because we were talking about college students at that point. So I believe, you know, just thinking about the clients I've had, um, people I've worked with, people I just know, I believe we all tend to feel it or do it here and there for whatever reason. Though I have worked with people who seriously struggle and it has become part of their identity. And honestly, Hmm. it's interesting to me to hear somebody be like, well, I just procrastinate everything. It's just what I do. And it's a cop-out. Like, I don't know why I do it. I just do it. What's the big deal? This is what I do. And laugh it off. And almost to the point where they're scared to even look at it because that's become who they are. And they don't know who they are without it. And the flip side of that, maybe they don't want to know who they are without it. Because procrastination is a cop-out for not doing their very best. That's fear. Mm. How good could they do? You know? Um, sometimes you have somebody living in a fantasy world of, man, this is going to be awesome when I do this. This is going to be awesome when I achieve this, which is great, thinking about the end. However, as long as they procrastinate it and they never take that first step, they get to stay in that fantasy land because as soon as that first step happens, the criticism starts, and that doesn't feel good. When you say criticism, are are you saying criticism for ourselves? For the task. So, or, or where people, okay. people criticize us? It could go both ways. It depends on the situation, right? So let's take, you talked about launching a business earlier. So let's take that because, okay, I've got businesses I've launched. So different things. I'll use, I've got an Airbnb. I'll use that because... <laughs> I procrastinated that. I hit a point and procrastinated it, okay? I used to be a perfectionism. I wanted it to be perfect before I opened it. And it was not perfect, so therefore I didn't want to open it. And then I started thinking, people aren't going to like this, and what if they don't like that? I got myself stuck in procrastination. <laughs> and it took, honestly, because... It took a friend to really hand it to me and tell me to get my ass off the sofa and get out there and open it up. And though I was disgruntled, I did it. I had to step through the fear of it not being good enough for somebody, not everybody, but I was afraid one person might not like it. Therefore... I quit working on it, and I started overthinking it, and I sat my butt down, and I quit. Just quit. And I feel like at different points in our lives, we all stumble across something that we struggle with. And sometimes it's really, we're in our own box, our own little world. 
And it's really difficult to always see and understand what's going on when we're standing in the middle. So it's really helpful to have those people in our lives, whether it be a friend um, or a coach like myself, that can dig in and figure out what's going on or just observe it and hand it to you. So I can totally relate to what you're saying because I suffered from the perfectionism thing at some point and I was about to launch, I call it a business, um, and put it off for, now I, I'm, I'm going to cut myself some slack. Life got in the way, COVID got in the way, things happened, but I came up with the idea in 2019 and I'm only just finishing it now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But part of it was, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. And, <laughs> and you know, that's the excuse you tell yourself instead of just, just do it. So what? You can tweak it along the way. But I'm more of the, I, I'm, here it is, the, the, the full bundle delivered to myself and I'm going to do it instead of tweaking it along the way. Um, so I, I totally get what you're saying. The perfectionism thing, it's a, it's a real thing for a lot of us. Definitely. And it happens a lot with people trying to launch businesses. So I've got a lot of peers and it happened to me with the coaching stuff. I thought I had to have all these pieces in order before I could launch my business. And then one day I was talking with some peers and there were people just out there coaching. I was like, but you don't have this and you don't have that. And they're like, why are you going to wait for all that? And I started thinking like, well, I thought that was the way that I needed to do it. Mm. You know, actually, I used a different word. I used the word should, which I don't use anymore. And so for those of you who haven't heard me say it, should is associated with shame. Don't should on yourself. Don't should on anybody else. Wow. So I was shitting on myself all day long, all up and down across the board. So then I just launched my business and I started coaching and it was great. Nobody cared I didn't have a website. No, Nobody cared about any of the little things that I thought I needed. And then much like you, things happened, you know, um, life kind of happened and I had to pull back a little bit, but here I am again. And so it's time to do this again. You know, I had family that needed my attention and it wasn't fair to my clients to try to split my energy with what was going on. So I took that time off, and here we're launching again. Um, but the thing is, we're doing it. At the end of the day, we got there. And it doesn't matter how we get there, little by little, till little becomes a lot. Hmm. So I had a mentor, and this is actually a good way to handle procrastination too. I went through what's called the Boss Brain Program with Sean Croxton a while back, and he was my mentor. A really great guy, taught us a lot, and he had us make weekly plans of what we were going to do, and we had to come up with generally three, and it was on a reward punishment system. You accomplish those, what are you going to reward yourself? And you cannot reward yourself if you do two of three or one of three. You can't do a partial reward. You do all of them to get the reward. But if you miss any part of it, any part, one or all, doesn't matter. You did it or you didn't. There's no in-between. How do what you mean? going to give up? How do you mean that? 
when you say the the reward and the little pieces that go along with it? So essentially, say, okay, for instance, let's say this week I plan on completing a website. I plan on um, buying new furniture for the Airbnb, and I'm going to, I don't know, take a kid out to dinner. Okay, those are my top three priorities this week. And if I do all that, I get to take myself out to a night out at my favorite restaurant, just me, because sometimes I really like my alone time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that would be my reward if I accomplish everything successfully. However, if I don't, then what am I going to give up? And it has to be something that's going to hurt. So maybe if I don't accomplish those things, I'm addicted to um, dirty vanilla chai lattes. And so maybe if I don't accomplish those, I have to give up dirty vanilla chais for a week. Oh, so there's a, like there's a penalty. Yes. Oh, see, I never thought of that. Um, I, you know, the the reward thing. All right, I get that. You reward yourself for for doing it, and and let let's face it. Even if you're at work and you put in the extra effort and you get something done, the reward could be even your boss uh, praising you. It's like, well, okay, I got something. You know, there was uh, in return for for my my effort. But you're that's interesting. Hmm, penalty. Yeah, and even like, okay, so often it's been discovered. It goes both ways. So at the same time, sometimes when you say procrastinator, you think of somebody who's lazy. Though that's not always the case. Um, some procrastinators just find other things to do. They find busy work to do, so they don't do the thing they're supposed to do or they don't want to do. Um, but on the flip side, there are those procrastinators that kind of – Slunk back into something else. So they decide they're going to Netflix all day or they're scrolling social media, checking out TikTok. So for those who essentially fall into passive entertainment, okay, maybe they cannot, they have to set things up. So, okay, until they achieve XYZ, you can't sit down and watch a Netflix show. Or you can't check social media until you complete your homework assignment or your work assignment, whatever it is. It's setting those things up in place, and everybody needs something a little bit different. So it's really up to the individual to discover what works and doesn't work and then be accountable for that. You know, at the end of the day, we are our own leader. Now, if you need an accountability partner, then ask for one. But it's so much more empowering when we can hold ourselves accountable. And mm. it offers so much more confidence and personal growth when we can build that relationship with ourselves and go, I did it. And I did it all on my own. I didn't need somebody to nag on me. I didn't need somebody to check on me. I did it. And then it slowly can become a great new habit for yourself. See, I never realized the impact of your own personal accountability. I thought it would be even harder to make that happen because you're in charge of yourself. 
So it's not going to be as easy, but you're making it sound like it, it is actually a, an easy thing and a good thing. I mean, I hate to use the term easy. I think it's easier than people think it is. Mm. Um, though at the same time, those nasty emotions we feel can be big and they are real. So we really got to consider what are we saying to ourselves? The words we say to ourselves are powerful. And they can be debilitating. Mm. And really think, would you say that to your friend? Would you say it to a loved one? If you wouldn't be an asshole to somebody else, don't be an asshole to yourself. And I, I believe it accumulates. So if you're talking to yourself saying, let's say you're at the beginning stages of procrastinating on a project and you start doing it. I'm like, uh, you know... I didn't, I didn't, I didn't work on it today. Like I thought I was going to, you know, and then you think to yourself, you're such a jerk for not doing it. Why, 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 why? And then it, it's, it's like the snowball proverbial snowball down the hill. Now you do it again and you do it again to yourself and you just keep beating on yourself to the point where now you don't even do the project. You're, you're, right. you've, you've, you've pushed yourself so far down that rabbit hole that you're just like, Ugh, I, I, I can't do it. Not going to happen. You end up on that hamster wheel of abuse. Mm. It's self-abuse. And yeah. it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. It's not going to ever change. Um, you know, it's like when you look out into the world. Hate feeds hate. Love feeds love. So if you want love, you kind of got to give love. Mm -hmm. If you want the opposite, well, be a jerk. See what happens. The majority of people out there are probably going to be a jerk back. Well, um, you'll attract <laughs> you'll attract the jerks, <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Now, you know, this is interesting before we, I don't know what time it is, but before we run out of time. So dopamine on Dr. Huberman's side, it was really interesting. Like our dopamine runs up and down, right? And then we have this kind of normal baseline, if you will. And he has a theory with procrastination, and it still comes down to getting past the emotions. Um, but his theory was really cool, is to get yourself out of it, put yourself in a more difficult, uncomfortable state. And this is actually also part of a DBT skill, is like take – a cold shower, the coldest you can stand, and stay in there like five to ten minutes. That makes whatever uncomfortable feeling you're in, it puts you in a more uncomfortable feeling, and it rebounds you to a different state of motivation. So he had that sort of theory to kind of put effort and friction into getting the motivation moving. And... Also, he really discussed how to maintain healthy dopamine levels, which I think is really awesome. And honestly, it's just the basics for the most part of living a healthy life. At the top of the list was get enough sleep. Mm. That helps our dopamine levels stay at least at baseline, not falling into this trough that can lead to depression and stuff. And nutrition. We talked about nutrition. We got to eat um, certain foods 
like meats and veggies and cheese and nuts. And then what I found interesting, we all know we need sunlight for that vitamin D. And specifically, morning sunlight is actually best for us. It increases our mood and our alertness, and it sets our dopamine levels for the day. So like five to ten minutes minimum on a sunny day, 10 to 20 minutes minimum on a partly cloudy day, and 20 to 30 minutes on an overcast day at minimum. And found that very interesting. Like, I love to start my mornings on my porch having my coffee. So that kind of made a lot of sense. When I don't start my morning that way, I don't feel as happy and energized. I'm, I'm, and I just started doing that. I go on my deck. And I just, you know, have a cup of coffee and just take a minute, take a minute. I just realized we're out of time, Gina. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I can't believe that. Uh, I, I guess I don't want to say I procrastinated, but may, you know that where I was going uh, before I realized that to talk about time management as potentially being an issue, why people do procrastinate and maybe they don't mean to. Uh, but if anybody is dealing with any of these kind of issues, um, just not moving their life forward. They've got plans, but they're, they put them on the shelf for whatever reason. And we identified a bunch of reasons today. How does somebody work with you? All right. A couple different ways to reach me. Uh, phone number, always best. Um, you can call or text message. Doesn't matter. 816-572-7005. Email is a great option as well. It's Gina at CoachGinaB.com. And if you're on Instagram, feel free to follow me, DM me, coach underscore Gina B. And don't procrastinate. If you're dealing with procrastination, make the phone call. You offer a a, a free, call it a consult, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I certainly do. Yeah. Yep. So there, First consult is totally free. And uh, might I might I suggest make the phone call, then reward yourself for doing it. Like you just said before, yeah. go, go for that latte, whatever it is, whatever makes you happy. A um, lot of good it's stuff taking today. Taking that first step. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I never even thought of the punishment level. So in, in one way I kind of chuckled, but in another way it's like, yeah, all right, well, there's your accountability. You know, there's got to be a pain point at some point if you're not going to uh, follow through with, with whatever your plans are and procrastinate. Uh, Gina, thank you so much for being here today. A lot of good stuff. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. We'll talk soon, all right? All right. Bye-bye. Be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh yeah, seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is like busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.